Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates. We are a podcast about dating and other stuff. And we're so happy that you're here. Thank you for listening to us. Thrilled that you're here. Thrilled that you exist. Thrilled that that's those are the only two things I'm well, thrilled you know about right now. There's not a lot to be thrilled about. There later in this episode, there is something to be thrilled about. We are very lucky to have a fun conversation with Serena Kerrigan, our guest this week. If you have not heard of her, she is an amazing internet personality. And so much more. She's a confidence coach. Um, she has an amazing dating show where she goes on two live dates um, every Wednesday on Instagram. Instagram live dates, sorry. And so a much cooler version of this little experiment we've done. But Let's Fucking Date is what her show is called. And you all should check it out. I think, you know, if, you didn't, if you've enjoyed hearing about our daters dates here on this podcast, imagine watching them in real time. So definitely check that yeah. out. And yeah, I'm I'm psyched for you guys to hear our conversation with her. She's like the most confident person I've ever spoken to. And she has a lot of really great tips, tricks, etc. Uh, for working on your confidence, which like who doesn't need that? I need um, that all the time, every day. I, know. I, I felt so revved up after our conversation with Serena. And then, of course, just kind of fell back into self-loathing, you know, looking at myself and being nasty to myself. But I'm trying to channel some, you know, you're fucking hot. In the mirror when I see myself. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> I bought I, I bought three donuts at like 11 p.m. last night oh, to yum. split between two people, but still smiled about it. And um, it's nice to remember <laughs> Serena's advice. Oh, my God. That's the most fucking basic shit I've ever said. I want to edit that out. You don't <laughs> need to. We No editing on this podcast. Well, um, well minimal. But. You know. um, but anyway, we're, we're psyched. Our conversation is much deeper than we are making it out to be. It's about all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Dating, confidence, and um, I think you're going to love it. Serena's a who and a holler, and um, she is uh, just a really cool person you should know. Yes. And that's and, yeah. the pitch. If you're here because you know how cool Serena is already and you wanted to hear our conversation with her, we'll give you a little rundown on who the fuck we are. We started this podcast and put me on some dates back in the day, really truly back in the day in New York. Uh, And we've since had two other daters go on the process, start their 51 first dates. You know, we had this crazy idea that if you went on dates, you might end up in a relationship. Uh, And then we like to call it, you know, uh, uh, a th- what do we call it? A 
hypothesis that worked out. A, a, a method? We don't call it anything is really an the experiment, point. <laughs> an experiment, a, a journey. I like to call it a bachelorette style journey. But when we um, brag about the success we've had with literally three people, the tiniest sample size, we, we like to pretend that it works. I mean, but I do think going on dates works. And we did just have another success story. So our latest dater, Olivia, came back on and gave us an update. She is officially off the market. She is happy. Her man is a gem. It was a really fun conversation last week. We are three for three, and we like to brag about that. But completely. But we are uh, outside of talking to people actively dating. We also bring on cool guests like Serena. We interview experts. We talk about uh, all kinds of things dating relating related. Um, sex, love. Uh, eggs. Uh, I'm trying to think about other stuff we've talked like about. TV. We talk a lot about TV too. So you know that's yeah. Just in a part COVID of it. times, we're doing, we're talking a lot about TV and what we're consuming to get through. We sometimes talk about politics too. Please make your voting plan. And we, yeah, we, but we don't talk about them in a super informed way. Not that we're ill informed. I'm just this isn't Pod Save America, as we like to remind you. But we're just angry, so make sure you are registered to vote. Yeah, Liza, that's yeah. Thank you. Sorry for interrupting you there. I just not at all. Um, so that's who we are. And oh my god, do we have any other thing stuff to pitch ourselves on? You can follow us at five one first date spot on Instagram. You can email us at five one first spot at gmail We love getting your emails. Um, even if we're a little slow to respond to them, we uh, they really mean the world to us. Um, you can join our secret Facebook group, which is a really cool, positive, amazing online community. We're going to actually hear a listener question shortly from our secret Facebook group and talk about it a little bit. Um, it's a great place to hang out and talk or bitch about dating and make online friends, which is good because we're quarantined. Um, anything yeah. else? No, I think that's it. And I think, you know, think shout out to everybody who has emailed us um, offering to be a dater. We're trying to think about the best way to approach this. We've had a lot of cis white hetero people date on this podcast. So we're trying to expand that. We also want to, you know, think about, you know, when I went on the dates, it was like, because this was my project and like, it's, it's kind of a time commitment and it's, it's definitely a time commitment. And we want to just like figure out the best way to do this. And so definitely email us if you're interested, but also if we haven't replied, it's because we're, we're still thinking through the best strategy for our next dater. And if you have ideas about who you'd like to hear from as a regular dater, et cetera, please email us that too. Do the work for us. Tell us what you want. No. Uh, but we are very open. I think we need to just like refine our approach. It's also hard because with COVID and safety, we don't want to put someone on, out on a date where they can get sick. I don't know. It's all just – Yeah. It's just Especially different. as winter approaches. And it's like yeah. right now there's some um, – dating capability at least in new york where outdoor dining is a thing and caseloads are low although they are rising again in new york as you know <sighs> cuomo's been saying they would so uh it's gonna get trickier as it becomes winter but we are really trying to find somebody for um for you guys to be a regular dater to be like a journey you can follow we're committed to that and we want to make it the right person and it's literally like like us going on dates. Like we're having to hit on people and yeah. pitch ourselves and be like, hey, like put ourselves out there. You want to do this with us? Um, so we're working on that. And we we um, thank you guys for your emails and um, consumption. Oh my corner? god, consumption, consumption corner. corner. Okay, yeah. Liza, what are you Do you have anything great? Oh my god. Okay. Well, two things <laughs> that I wanted to talk about. I thought about it in advance this week. 
because I always forget when it comes time for this. One, um, I watched the movie Wally for the first time since it was in theaters, which I think was like 2008 or something. I was in college. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, it was like probably not the right choice this week as like the world is, you know, on fire, literally and figuratively. Um, but it's such a beautiful movie and I just cried and like felt so many things and it's also so like hopeful and I think it was, I I just was like, it was one of those things where I was like surfing around for something to watch. There was no TV I was really in the middle of and I was kind of cruising around on Disney plus and I was like, I'm just going to watch this. Um, Wow. Cruising around on Disney plus. Wow. Yeah. Because there's just so much great nostalgic, you know, you're kind of like a little wine drunk and it just like makes you feel good. And then I picked the one movie that's about like the end of the world (laughs) yeah yes I know I was gonna say of all the I I guess I haven't really cruised around on Disney plus yet I don't have a subscription but I'm just not a Disney movie person which Mm. come shoot me like I just I don't yes there's nostalgia but I don't know I don't crave that nostalgia often but of all the movies you could have chosen that's a tough dark yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's fucky because like it's oh my god I just said I just said a non-word um it's funny because like I love I like Disney. I'm not like a massive Disney person, but I I do really love Pixar so much. Like in my oh. most like heart of heart, I want to work at Pixar and like make movies there. Yes. They're like they just churn out like I've seen I some I've seen some of the Pixar movies. Like I've seen the movie Ratatouille like at least ten times. <laughs> like it's just yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um and this is one I had never rewatched because it, I thought it was like a little dark. So that's kind of was like, eh, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it wasn't, but I loved it. But I have a more s- serious recommendation that I'm going to highly recommend, which is, okay, so I, someone um, in a, I'm in a Facebook group for women who work in reality TV and someone recommended in there or like people like shout out shows in there and they're like whoever worked on this like great job like comment here like, it's like a little it's really cute it's a really cute community but someone had mentioned a show called 16 and recovering and a ton of people like were giving it likes and blah blah, blah and whatever and uh it's a show on mtv it is nothing like 16 and Pregnant, but I think they're trying to market it in the same way. But it's literally nothing like that. It is so much more insightful and sensitive and beautiful. Like it's a re- I think it's like a really high quality documentary miniseries mm. that J- they just marketed as like similar to 16 and Pregnant. But I would recommend it so highly to anyone. If you have a cable login, I watched all of it on MTV.com, um, the MTV app. Um, borrow your parents cable login it's like it's about a high school in the north shore of boston uh which as many people know was hit really hard by the heroin epidemic and it's a high school that is all for um teenagers recovering from serious addiction issues and it's so powerful like they they go into it really deeply into all a bunch of different like individual stories of individual students but also stories of the administrators and the teachers a lot of the teachers are in recovery and uh the principal of that school i think is the most amazing woman i've ever like seen she she's just like so inspirational she's like one part therapist one part educator one part like just everyone's mom who like loves them so much and the school takes on this really 
like unique approach, which is basically like these kids are going to relapse if they are high at school, they don't get in trouble. They're like loved and talked through it and they figure out treatment plans for them. And it's just it gave me so much um, more of an insight into like how how I don't know, addicts should be treated and how you know whatever it's it's a lot of things that are obvious like the criminal justice system is not where addicts belong they belong in treatment but the this little mini series i think it's four episodes was so like empathetic and so powerful and like i would just super super highly recommend it it's one of my it's one of the most like impactful things I've watched in a long time. Well, shit. That sounds amazing. It sounds like it could have been like an Oscar-nominated documentary. Good on MTV I'm so, for yeah, cranking I'm out. proud of MTV. But also I'm like, I wish it was... On Netflix? I think even. if it was on Netflix, like yep. people would... Or if it was titled differently or something. Like it's yeah, just, that's a good point. I haven't heard about it anywhere except for this Facebook group I'm in. And it's like such a bummer. And that's why I want to like tell everyone about it. It just was really powerful. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Maybe with my YouTube TV. Love YouTube TV. I can access it because that gives you sort of – I think you. I think I can access – I love YouTube TV. This is not an ad. Um, <laughs> if you don't have cable, it's a nice way to still have TV in your life, uh, traditional yeah. TV, cable channel access. Uh, mm. Yeah. Huh. I wonder who owns MT – oh, Viacom. They don't have a streaming service out yet. But no. that would be But also be the- you can buy a, – a hack I like to do if you're going to watch something on your phone – is like you can always buy something standard definition on Amazon. It's usually like a dollar ninety nine for an episode, and this is only four episodes. So if you feel like watching it, I know it's like a little bit lame and old of me to spend money on TV, but sometimes it just has to be done. No, I mean I, I you know, some hey, you got to treat yourself in these times of like limited new content to watch. Um, yeah, I'm also like I, I'm yeah. not spending money on anything. <laughs> It's been, I've been, so I've been watching The Vow, as I've already mentioned, the documentary about Nexium on HBO, and it's been coming out week by week, which is both so frustrating, but also so nice, because by Sunday night, I'm like, ooh, 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 and I'm still watching Lovecraft Country, so I didn't watch this week, but it's like appointment TV, and I'm into it. Like, I was I got excited re- for Sunday night. Yeah, I got deep into The Vow this week. Oh, I got caught good. up, but I haven't watched last night's yet. Okay, awesome. Oh, great. Yeah. It's just, it's so fascinating, this footage that they have. that It makes it, like, that they have this kind of fly-on-the-wall footage from just this guy wanting to be filmed. And I think he's being sentenced end of October. I don't know. This oh, is, shit. Yeah. Liza. So if you're, if you're unaware of this documentary, it's about Nexium, which is, if I say that there were Smallville actors involved, it might remind you of the news stories, but... Um, a self-help group turned sex cult, really, uh, at certain levels of this group. Uh, the the leader, Keith Raniere, was sleeping with a lot of women, um, really brainwashing a lot of women. There were, I mean, it gets into – there were lots of criminal things were happening. Um, but I, apparently – so there are hearings going on right now. And I think the first sentencing will be one of the Bronfman sisters, the Seagram's heiresses who were involved and she has not renounced Keith the leader she is you know it's I think going to be the first trial back in this courtroom since COVID whatever whatever the details are I just also know this is true there have been supporters having dance parties outside of this courthouse I think it's in Brooklyn like in support like still oh my god I just it was like oh oh around every like I really think Donald Trump is a cult leader. 
just because his most just devout followers are kind of that kind of dedicated. And this is yeah, in the like wake of the New York. Nothing they do yeah. will get them off board. No, like in the New York Times, tax returns came out. And again, this is not Pod Save America. We won't get into it, but it's like, and I don't even like the negative. Well, it's not going to change anyone's mind. Like, who the fuck cares? It shows that he is a big cheat and liar, and that's important on its own. But it's like, oh, you could be, he could release his own tax documents and they'd find a way to believe it. And it also reminded me of another content consumption I'm going to recommend. Um, you know, unfortunately, I'm like, I mean, I guess we all are much more aware of QAnon than before, but it's just like I've been deeply frightened and just like too wrapped up in this for too long I think at one point my brother was like I feel like you're the only person who knows what QAnon even is um, but that changed and there is a Gimlet reply all episode and this is not not to get you fired up and angry like I should probably take a break from the news but this was just fascinating because this episode and I'm going to find the title it's the latest one uh, number 166 country of liars who is QAnon um PJ Vote, who is the host, tells the story of like where QAnon started, but he's in touch with some the founder, the original founder of 8chan, who has since denounced hmm. it. And they go through, they think they know who's like doing the Q drops. Like, but so it's really interesting. It's like interesting. I think a lot of what I've read has just been scary or how it's affecting the political landscape in the US. But this is really about like the people who are so close to this, who maybe used to be part of some of these communities online doing the work to be like, oh, it's this person. I don't know. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Also, just like, you know, I I, I haven't been listening to podcasts that are so journalistically, you know, well-produced. And it was just, I don't know. I found it fascinating. It's a quick listen. Um, it wasn't just more of the same, like, I, I'm terrified now. It was really interesting to think about. Hmm. I wish everyone could hear, like, the or It's like people were cosplaying as government officials and then this one stuck and now it's a whole fucking cult so okay it's wild it's wild (sighs) how susceptible we all are to it yep and it's funny because it can feel really politicized and the like obviously right now QAnon's in everyone's minds but the funny thing about Nexium, the thing that I think is so funny about Nexium is that like they're like a liberal Mm feel-good organization that then also became a cult like we are just Watching The Vow made me just realize, like, it's just luck that I'm not in a cult. If they had caught me when I was 22, I would have been fucking in, man. And we're all so desperate for, like, something to belong to, some sense of purpose, especially in a modern world where, like, fewer and fewer people have religion. We just don't feel a daily um, sense of, of purpose or reason to, like, our lives. And... It's so nuts. I always, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I'm going to admit it, I always thought that people who joined cults were like weak, mentally weaker Mm -hmm. than I was. And watching The Vow, I'm like, no, anyone could be in a cult. These people are so fucking good at grooming and brainwashing. Yep. And anyone is susceptible to it. I absolutely, like, it's so wild and scary and just a good reminder to um you know question question everything and think about um people's motivations and who's making money off of you and Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. Oof. Scary. Oof. Scary. Right spot. Let's talk about dating. Let's talk about dating. <laughs> I'm so fucking ready for it. All right, Liza. Let's okay. do it. So we're gonna we're gonna hear a question read with permission from the secret Facebook group. We always get people's permissions, even though we read them anonymously. Just FYI. Um. So here we go. This listener writes, I would love to hear some perspective on being single during quarantine. I just got out of a serious long-term relationship a little over a year ago and was just starting to consider putting myself out there again right before COVID hit. Now it feels even scarier than just dating initially sounded before social distancing. I've been on and off the apps, but never find them to be incredibly compelling. But as a teacher who was working remotely, the idea of meeting anyone organically also sounds impossible. I thought about just trying to take a break, chill out, trust in the timing of my life, but it feels especially hard when so many of my friends seem to be having quarantine weddings and engagements, and our lockdown doesn't seem to have an end in sight. Has anyone experienced this or have insight? Mm, it's hard. It's so hard. I like, here's what my honest take is like, I'm going to have, a no, there's, there are things I could say that feel optimistic that like are annoying. Do you know what I mean? Liza. Yes, I um, absolutely do. Ugh. What if we say all the pessimistic stuff and then all the optimistic? No, I guess that's not really doesn't really make sense. No, start okay. Start with the pessimistic. Sure, I think it's totally fair to be incredibly frustrated to lose like a year to two years of your dating life. Yeah, I there's no good like response to that other than just like it fucking sucks and. As we've we, we've talked about and we're going to talk about with Serena, there are alternatives to dating. Um, but I think just like everything right now, there is moments when we can make the best of a bad situation with quarantine. And then there's moments where we just have to be like, no, this fucking sucks because this isn't what I want. Like, I don't want to be isolated. I don't want to be cut off from the world. Um, so I think that's my pessimistic take is like it sucks and and I'm really – sorry it's just a huge bummer especially when age and the pressure to find like the one and get married are such an ingrained part of our society like doing it by a certain age so you can like live out your life plan um i would encourage this listener and everyone to remember that like that's bullshit there Mm -hmm. is no life plan there is no age by which you have to be married there is no age by which you have to have kids all of the things that you've learned about that are based on really outdated norms um it's also okay to want to get married and have kids but the timeline of it um is based on a lot of external pressures i think yeah i think the kids part is a little trickier because there's some science there especially as women uh it's really fucking unfair that part really sucks i think my pessimistic take is the same it's like i don't want to sugarcoat that yeah and we did we did this at times on this podcast. You can meet people. Yes, Olivia met someone right before quarantine. We have another friend of a friend who we're trying to get on the podcast who basically fell in love during COVID in a safe way. And then they finally got together. But here's the fucking thing. Dating already stinks already. And doing it online just to me doesn't feel as much as at the beginning it might have been fun doesn't feel super exciting totally like make it fun like Serena made it fun you don't have to have you know a glossy produced show but you could like you or or put a challenge to it fine but 
reality, not great. Not super fun to be on Zoom calls all day for work. So I just imagine it gets fucking old to do first dates on Zoom. That said, that's my pessimistic take. It sucks. It's not better. I think like everyone is losing time in some way, shape, or form. You know, even, you know, if you're married and you were wanting to have a kid within the next year and this is giving you pause, um, or if you're not married yet, or if you wanted an engagement for that timeline, whatever part of your relationship journey you're in, it's tough because things are delaying everything. I would say, though, it's the toughest if you're fucking single and you want to be in a relationship because that is you just you're putting yourself at risk by going on in-person dates, which is insane that we haven't figured this out by now. Uh, And I hope we figure it out soon. That said, to spin it, I hope this is a reminder to us all that we just we don't have control over timelines like that like I'm gonna be married by this age or have a serious boyfriend by this age I you know I could never have predicted a timeline for myself I had ages in mind I sort of wanted to be with someone and then it didn't happen and then when I I guess it was 29 I finally was with someone seriously and I have no idea what I want the rest of the timeline to look like. And that's okay because life doesn't care either. I just like before the pandemic, I feel like I have known some people in my life who cared a lot about timelines and optics, especially when it came to being in relationships. And that sometimes led them to stay in relationships for longer than they should have because they wanted to meet that deadline. Um, and I, I, I guess my like tiny sliver of hope is – well, yeah, this fucking sucks right now, but you, I think it will reframe for all of us, whatever that timeline is. You can't control it. So don't stick to timelines so hard. Like don't, even the way some people are like, I'm not going to do the traditional marriage that I wanted then. I wanted that 150 person wedding forever, but now no, fuck it. That's less important to me. So that's my like tiny grain. It's like I'm pulling, it's like there's a pile of shit and I'm pulling one sparkle out of it, but it feels... Like, that's a disgusting image. Oh my god! Poor Liza did that to watch me put no, my arm in the air. And not at all. Back. You know, the more disgusting the imagery, the happier I am. But um, I, I, that's my my little rant for that. No, I think that makes total sense. And also, just to speak to, um, this listener's point that she's been on the apps and she doesn't find them compelling. I wonder if there's a world where this could be like a fun time to experiment on the apps in a low stakes way if you haven't found them compelling in the past like maybe you want to just try swiping what swiping white what swiping right on everyone for a while and or almost everyone for a while everyone who's not like problematic for a while and just throwing out like a crazy opening line to, to start a conversation and by crazy i mean pizza or tacos not really but something <laughs> that just like starts a conversation in a fun way like what's your biggest quarantine like embarrassment or so what's your biggest quarantine spiral you've had just just ask someone something fun and try to start a conversation and and just know that like there's so low stakes right now so if they haven't been compelling in the past like maybe start to think about what you can do to make them compelling or make them fun for you or even if you're just even if you're just like you can put on your profile like I don't want to meet anyone in person right now um yeah. but open to open to your you know open to zoom dates open to facetime dates and seeing if a connection develops um and then just try to 
you know, connect with people. I think that like the apps, everyone likes the idea of meeting in person more. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that once you connect with someone, it doesn't matter if it was in person or on the apps. No, that's it doesn't true. matter at all. So it's it's a I think it's a really good time to do some experimentation. And Serena and so we talk about this with Serena that she thinks that FaceTime dates are a great way to save time and screen people. Yep. And I think that it could be a fun, weird experiment. And if you could bring that sense of like, I am just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, that might actually be um, a thing that could shake you out of an app rut or or like a kind of bad taste in your mouth that you have about the apps that could actually like help you after quarantine to use the apps in a way that might like work more for you. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you want to meet someone, you know? So this is where I really relate. Um, I didn't like even first dates, like meeting in the flesh or not in New York before I, or sorry, or on an app um, before I started going on them for this podcast. And it's not just that, I don't know, I then loved going on first dates because I I didn't. But I I started to like enjoy meeting a new person more or enjoy coming to this podcast and talking about dates more. I feel like if you do add some element of like maybe a few friends who feel the same way and you start a group chat and you send each other like first impressions after you do these dates or you pick a goal or you make it fun in some way where you're like if I go on three dates from the app these stupid video dates I don't like them but let me try them then like you treat yourself to like I don't know whatever what can you do in COVID that's a treat your favorite taken or something this all sounds stupid but this is how I get through any kind of to-do list in my life not that dating needs to be a to-do list but like here's the thing I feel like then the same thing is true once you're in the relationship it's not just all ponies and rainbows you have to invest time so if you're not feeling this the new way of dating in 2020 I hear you but it is still something that will give you better odds of making it work out if you do if you start going on dates again from the apps I know it sucks but if you force yourself if it's totally miserable then get out but if you want to be with someone it's only going to make it more possible that that happens um totally I don't know which is and it can also be like a just a way of connection a method of connection in this weird time like maybe you will make just a buddy you text out of it um and if that's if that's all you get out of it it's another it's another person to connect with when we're all like pretty isolated from each other yeah that sounded so fucking crunchy kumbaya nonsense no i mean here's the good news serena's about to get you in a much different headspace about that (laughs) where it's like fuck it do it you save your time it's yeah it's it, the apps with FaceTime, I would agree, are probably actually you're going to save yourself up a, a lot of investment and in time than just the apps with real life dates like pre COVID dating that. Yeah, is fucking exhausting. And I I think if you just like again, I say get on a Zoom, don't subscribe, don't log in. So it's a 40 minute cap. So you'd have to like check in as the time runs out. Um, totally. But yeah. Or it's, just say, like, hey, I'm free from 6 to 7. Yeah. You know? You can just be like, I've got another call or something. Whatever. Just be like, I'm, that's when I'm free. Yep. Yeah. And know that, like, it. you can't – in real life, you can't just, like, go under the table. In Zoom, you can. You could shut that laptop, like, as soon as it gets bad. 
I know it's scarier to like FaceTime or I would imagine. I'd rather walk up to someone at a bar with people around than FaceTime them. Like it feels so personal. Uh, But yeah, you can always escape. That's my one other thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great, that's a great point as well. Um, Well, thank you for writing. Thank you for um, your willingness to let us read your question. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of you guys. And um, we're going to take a really quick ad break. And then we'll be back with Serena Kerrigan. So we are so excited to have Serena fucking Kerrigan here. I hope you don't mind that I added the fucking. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm obsessed with your show. Um, And yeah, we're so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And absolutely, the fucking is absolutely necessary. So we are thrilled. We're psyched. I watched so much of your show last night and I couldn't get enough. Um, If you don't know, Serena Kerrigan is the host of the first Instagram live reality show called Let's Fucking Date. She's the queen of confidence and she's an icon. (laughs) That I am. I'm obsessed. Um, so we're going to talk all about your show. We're going to talk all about your icon status, but we like to start every interview with the same question, which is, do you have a worst first date story? Oh my God. Have you seen my show? Um, I I was saying before we recorded, I was like, how are we going to pick? Literally. Um, I think that, you know, yeah, I've had plenty of bad first dates on my, in my life and on my lives. I think that really like the worst ones are when you just feel like, you know, you're there and you know, within the first five minutes that it's just like such a mess, but then you're like obligated to like stay. And like, I hate that feeling. Cause I'm, I believe in anything. It's that like time is the most valuable thing we'll ever have. And like, I just hate wasting my time. Like, and you know, but then you don't want to be rude. And that's why like, I'm a big proponent of, zoom dating, virtual dating over FaceTime, even if like post pandemic, just to like feel someone out, you know what I mean? So that we're not roped into like having two drinks with them. Um, and for me, like a bad date would consist of like someone either nonstop talking about themselves or not talking at all. And like, you're super like, Bleh. yeah, I mean, yeah. all of the things. I feel completely. How do you, what's your usual move in that scenario when you get to a bar and within minutes know you're not into someone like will you ever do a do an early exit do you just decide to like have as much fun as you can do you check out like what do you do in that scenario it's funny you know like before the pandemic I actually really didn't date at all like at all like I was never on the apps like I like the I was dating someone for like a couple months and I met him like at my holiday party like fucking blackout so during the pandemic I obviously started this show and I was going on two dates every week for three months I think I did about 24 dates total so you know so I, I could have x the, the guys out and sometimes I do if they piss me off but you can't do that in real life and I found that like I'd been on a couple dates in between the two seasons of the show just to like feel it out and I find that like even though I know within very quickly if it's a yes or no um, I think that because we're all craving that social interaction and that intimacy, I didn't, you know, I was kind of like, oh, like, please don't order a second drink. But when he did, I was like, you know what, whatever, like you're going to know someone. And um, I don't know. I think that I personally like the exit strategy thing. I just like, what could you say? You know, like, I think that you could say like, I actually have to call it. It's an early night, but the whole, like my friend texted me and her cat died is like such bullshit. 
and I'm yeah. just a very authentic person. But like, you know, the, I did go on a date and the guy was like, my favorite foods are French fries and Bud Light. And I was like, oh my God, like, okay, I need a man that wants to order yeah. a Negroni with a charcuterie platter, you know? But, but like, he was nice and like, you know, like he tried. So it's just like, ah. But I remember when he ordered the second drink, I was like, no. But like, I just didn't have the heart in it. I didn't have the heart yeah. in it. You know? So, but I, I was thinking the whole time, like I should have FaceTimed him before. And I actually asked him, I like asked him when we were on the app, I was like, do you want FaceTime? And then he was like, sure. Like can we do it tomorrow. And then I, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to be FaceTiming for months with my second season of my show. So like, I'll just do it. And then I got there and I was like, fuck, should FaceTime him. Yeah, I know. We've, we've been optimistic. Like, will the FaceTime remain the screener going forward? Because I, like you, Serena, always, when the second drink comes along, even if I'm having a bad time, have trouble saying no and also like drinks. So I would stay on dates for way too long that I didn't want to be on. So yeah, it's it's tricky. You know what's so funny too? Like it's a very female thing because we're natural born nurturers and we tend to put everyone else before ourselves. And like, I obviously am a confidence coach. And some of the things that come up a lot too is like, I want to break up with my boyfriend, but like, I'm sad. Like I'm, I'm just, I feel bad. And I'm like, would a man feel bad? Fuck no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. yes, of course you're allowed to feel bad, but you can't hinder that from making, you have to make de- decisions in your life that like, and at the end of the day, it's actually hurting him in the long run because he can't move on and find someone that actually wants to be with him. Yeah, no, it's 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 so logical. And yet it's so hard for so many of us, you know? And I think that like, yes, everything's easier said than done. But I think that, you know, the reason I talk about what I do and I help women and I have like a hundred confidence coaching clients and I'm, I'm really dedicated to this is because like we have a lot of unlearning to do. And also the, when you realize things, like when you, you're like, oh, it's because we're women and we nurture. And like, when you start, then you're, you're able to, when, when you understand it, then you're able to like work against it. It's not, as like, it's not like, you know, just coming out of nowhere and it's not personal. It's like a generalized thing on my calls. Like it's like the same story over and over again. And I'm like, this is not a youth thing. This is a societal issue, yeah. right? That like it, women feel like they're not whole unless they're in a relationship. Yeah. yeah. It never blows my mind how much time women will put into taking care of someone and how little care they will require in return. Like it, it's, and I fucking did it myself for so many years, for like so much of my life until I went to therapy, which is like we constantly talk about on this podcast, but it's, it's just so ingrained. It's incredibly fucked up and upsetting. So I think that like my solution to this, and this is like my big key thing is, you know, I think the problem and the reason why I wanted to start doing what I did was because I realized that confidence, the way it's discussed was really not really, like I didn't relate to it. Like I was like this, like live, laugh, love. Like I like love yourself. Like tell your, like, ugh. Wow. like that's so not my vibe. And I was like, what I am, my vibe is like very conversational. Like I am always in conversation. And then I'm just naturally like, I've always just recorded myself like on my phone, like in college or like after a shitty job interview or like if a boy broke my heart or, you know, or I would just like record myself in the mirror. And I started this SFK mirror challenge to be like, I'm fucking hot, like great. And I realized it's like, I started, you know, human beings, the way we're physically made up, like we don't, we can't see ourselves unless we have a reflection. And I think that that's the big miss, right? Like we, you know, with everyone in our lives, we nurture that relationship. We we lift them up. We tell them like, I just looked at my roommate and I was like, I fucking love you. Like you're my favorite person, right? We never do that to ourselves. We're not taught to do that to ourselves. 
And you would never say to your, your roommate, your friend or whoever, like, you're so lovable. Like you like what? No, you would say like, you're fucking amazing. And that verbal dialogue you need to have with yourself every day. There's like literally not a moment if I see myself in the reflection and I'm not like, what's up? Or like I wink or something. <laughs> literally my phone case is a mirror. I'm going to start coming out. <laughs> my so I'm going to have my alignment with line of mirrors. Like that's a done deal. But it's really like, I think that, and what are we taught? Like, oh, like, it's vain. Like, it's like, you know, narcissistic. It's like, you're so conceited. Fuck that. The one person that is literally with you your entire life from the moment you're born to the moment you die is yourself. So you need to nurture that relationship with yourself. And then the more you do that, you won't think like when you're alone in your apartment that you're alone. You're not, you're with your best friend. Yeah. Talk to her. I love Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And And that get, and that right is so logical, right? It makes so much sense. But this is not what we're taught. And it's because we live in a capitalist society that is banking us on feeling insecure. Why? Because when we're insecure, we buy beauty products, we buy weight loss products, which are the two fucking biggest industries. And we're constantly like buying to fill a hole, but that hole, the only thing that's going to fill it, it's not a dick. It's actually ourselves and becoming self-sufficient and financially independent and being alone in your apartment and not being like, Oh my God, I'm all lonely. No, bitch. Like talk to you, pull up a big fucking fat mirror and start chatting. Yeah. Yeah. Also like the idea of being in a relationship. So you won't be lonely when we all also, so what I've had moments where I really like spending time with myself. I like traveling by myself. I like hanging out by myself, but I've had moments where I'm genuinely just want human connection. It's like, we also all have friends or most of us, you know, like the, the oh idea God. of how hard a relationship is sold to us as like a value add. And like, it's a I'm, way to control us. It's yeah. why okay. it's, it's no, we need so, it's so fucked up. Yeah. It's so like, 1950, pre-1950s and pre-1950s, like all of history. It's like, how how have we not shaken this grossness because, yet? Because this is why. Because it's Western. And I've talked about this a lot with my best friend who's a public defender. I mean, you know, she's very entrenched within the law. And I tell her, talk to her about like the comments coaching. We talked, we had such a great discussion. She was like, because, right, Western cultures, for the most part, put a premium on marriage and romantic relationships leading to marriage. Now, why marriage? It's because it's government, right? You have to get a little piece of paper. It's like literally a document. And with that also, so we're controlling women's bodies. We're, we're controlling like you're supposed to, ma- the nuclear family, right? You're supposed to get married to a man and then you can have a kid and you're not fucking anyone else and you're not like you're good. And then also when you get married to someone, you're entitled to their retirement. So it's another way for the government to not have to deal with you anymore because you guys can share your money. So it's so fucked up. And I have girls in middle school on TikTok messaging me being like, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm horrible. I'm disgusting. And I'm like, oh my God. And, and, and to be fair, like I was one of those girls. Like I wanted a boyfriend since I was literally like, since I knew the word boyfriend. But it's like when you have movies like Cinderella that are literally saying girls like look hot. And you live heavily ever after if you find a guy to pick, to pick you, to yeah. pick you. What? And, and then come the like is- sweep you out of your shitty life and make your life good. You know, right? like, like the, the they're also part in. of them. Totally. Yeah. And all she of them, like all, almost all their lives are shitty. All the princesses, like all shitty them. derpy lives in some way. The guy comes, rescues. Them. It's like, yeah. No. And, and it's like, like for me, oh my God, as a parent, like, <laughs> Like it's the, first of all, my, the nursery is going to be one hall of mirrors. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> and two, like, you know, like my parents didn't, you know, Cinderella, like that's, it's Disney. Like you, that's what, right. But like, fuck 
no. It's like, I want to really reshape and because the amount of unlearning I had to do, and I'm 26, like it took me forever to get there and to see it. But like, it's, you know, it's really, it's really fucking flawed and just, it's so archaic. I mean, yeah, yeah. like women, you're right. There was a point in our lives that women couldn't work, which is the most misogynistic patriarchal yeah. thing ever. It's crazy. So it's like, it's wild. Oh my God. It's just, it just like, I can't. I actually. It's so angering. And it's funny because you're talking about, like, I, I definitely had a Cinderella and Disney, like, regular 90s childhood. But my mom was also, like, a massive feminist. And I spent all of college, like, smoking cigarettes and wearing turtlenecks and, like, reading feminist philosophy. And yeah. at the same time, I was like, no one's ever going to love me. I'm not skinny enough. You know, it like, the the way that we, like, just soak this shit in, even with outward messaging telling you the opposite is bonkers it's bonkers it's it's impossible not to it's like we're fucking like we we also we also totally internalize it like we don't even realize how much it's being like you know and it's so fucked up because even when you think about it it's like you know when we were like oh like you're not going to do that stop being such a pussy sorry like the vagina literally like endures like the most like traumatic thing like I mean we literally give birth right and then we say to a guy we say like dude grow a pair but we're referring to the most sensitive like little bitch part if it gets like touched in the wrong you know what I mean I'm like yeah it's like that again like even just like vocabulary and just it's, totally. it's really fucked up. and then of course because we're in a patriarchy like being a feminist is like raw burner, like extremist. Like, and that happened on one of the dates I was on. I asked mm. my date, I was like, are you a feminist? And he was like, nope. And I was like, but you know, like, like a, being a feminist means like just equal rights between a man and a woman, right? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah I am one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's really fucking 2020, come that on. That word from us too. It's like, you haven't yeah. Googled the word feminist. You haven't been curious I mean, enough to just. I literally can't. Jesus. I can't, Horrible. but it's, it's, it's tough. And I feel this, like, you know, the confidence coaching, it really is like very, I know this, we, we don't have to talk about this, no. but you guys can leave the conversation. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, no, not it's, at all. it's very like exhausting for me because I have 30 minutes to change someone's entire perspective about their life. And I know, I don't really know anything going in. Like they write notes, but I kind of like doing it on the fly. And I've, I have a 99.999% success rate. Like I, it's just like found my calling, but like, and it's very tiring because of what I have to do, but it's like, oh my God, if I don't do this, like who the fuck will? And like, at the end of the day, like if you don't love yourself, it like, you will not actually be truly happy because it impacts every aspect of your life. And like, I hear some of these, you know, some of these women are like, I'm just like afraid, like if I do this and like people will judge me. So I'm like, so you're not doing something for the potential of someone to think of something. And I'm talking like some things, small things, like, like, saying something in, in a zoom meeting and i'm like let's let's take back for a second have you remembered like like an entire transcript dialogue from a conversation you had three months ago nope. no like do you remember anything from college i don't Zero. so it's like we we put this weight on the potential of what someone might think when no one's fucking thinking about you no one's gonna fucking remember and it's not a big deal so i'm always like what's the worst thing that can happen you say something stupid and someone like says like, whoa, that was dumb. Great. Guess what? They're never, you're never going to remember it again. You won't. And they won't either. Yep. So when you're in these sessions, I feel like I just, even in talking to you right now, I'm like, I'm getting fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I just was in a meeting where I didn't speak up. Uh, But 
I guess, is there like a key that's a little cheesy, but like, is there like a moment, a breakthrough moment you see happening or like a pattern you see when you're coaching women and they kind of have this aha moment? It literally happens every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like I'm coaching clients from sophomores in high school to 60 year old women. And there was a 60 year old woman who came and she was like, I feel like I didn't do anything with my life. Like I see you, you're like, you know, everything you do, I didn't do anything. And then we're unpacking the conversation and she sent three of her daughters to college after her husband cheated on her, passed away. What the fuck are you talking about? You literally like did the unthinkable. And if you want to switch careers, great. Ask yourself what's the worst thing. I think the when I, I say what's the worst thing I can happen, it's death. And I was, and then she also like beat, like she almost died and survived. So I'm like, you literally like all the shittiest things could, that could happen in your life. You've already, you've, you've crossed them off. So like, yeah, you want to switch careers, fucking switch careers. What's the worst thing that can happen? You go back if it doesn't work out. Like that's with everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, so it's for me, it's just really like, I always try to look at every situation like through a little kaleidoscope, the SFK kaleidoscope and like be like, how could we look at this as a positive? So like, let's say you get ghosted. For me, I'm like, let's fucking go because I don't want anyone in my life that isn't a fuck yes. Like I don't want, I don't want to date someone who's like on the fence. So when he ghosts me, it's like, great, perfect. Not my person. Because my person won't ghost me. Yeah. But I think the problem is, is that women are so insecure. So they take it personally. They're like, what did I do wrong? Did I send too many exclamation points? Like, no bitch, you can literally like fucking be a psychotic, like crazy crying, whatever the fuck. And that guy's still going to love you. Yeah. If it's easier your person. It's not going to be one exclamation point that it was like, oh, that was it for me. Yeah. How it works. But that's Absolutely. the thing. So I really try to say like the mirror, the mirror, it's free. Hopefully if you have one, if not, you can look at a puddle, like literally like that reflection is that's how you do it. And that's the thing too. It's like, that's how to be confident. It's about looking at yourself and just becoming your best friend. Yeah. Cause everyone's going to have shitty days. The other day I was like eating like literally like pints and pints of ice cream. I was like, kind of just like binge eating. And I just stopped. I got up and went to my bathroom and go, Serena, Serena, what are you doing? Are you okay? Is this like, are you upset about something? And then just, just that kind of like zapped me out of it. And I was like, okay, enough with the food. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try that because binge eating is part of my repertoire. Right? Yep. Because I'm just having that talking. I mean, like, what are you upset talking. about? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's so helpful right now, too. Like, I feel like so many people, so many listeners we're hearing from are – everyone in the world right now is, like, overthinking their life. Like, I feel like this has been an opportunity to sit so much with yourself and think about every single thing happening and, like, whether it's right or whether it's not. Yeah. And – the the ability to like be your own best homie it feels like an important one especially right now yeah no I mean it's it's it spills into everything because you won't settle for anything less than what you deserve and you know what you deserve because you love yourself you love your best friend and so like when you are being treated like shit you walk away and you're like there's something better instead of when you don't love yourself you're like holding on to someone else to give you that validation. And that's what I did my whole life. Like I was like, I slept with so many guys in high school and college because I wanted, I thought that that was what intimacy was. It was like, it made me feel beautiful. It made me feel wanted. It made me feel chosen. And I got to a point where I'm like, Mm-mm, I choose. Yeah, It's my turn. It's like, I get to decide. And I just won't, I, I, and I, I, it's amazing, but it really, it just starts with just that, that, that reflection. And women tell me all the time, well, it's just so hard. I'm like, oh, okay, well, nothing in life worth having is is easy to get. Like, yeah, you have to put in the fucking work the way you would with anything. Yep. But if you see yeah. it less as like looking at yourself and being like, I love you, like and more just like, what would you just say to your best friend? It could be so small. It could be like, love your shirt. 
could be anything. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's funny because I give that advice to friends who are bad at like being nice to themselves. I'd be like, what would you say to me? Like, how would you treat me in this scenario? Oh, you but would I, never. Like, yeah, it's it's just the simplest thing, but it's really fucking hard to like embody and take that on. It's not though. You have the power to do it. I'm gonna. Yeah. I, you, you should see if there were ha- cameras in my apartment today. I'm gonna be like passing mirrors, talking to myself. Yes. Yeah, you have the power. I just don't believe that. Like, just because something's hard. I mean, like when you think about it, let's break it down. It's not that hard. You're literally saying, uh, like, you're complimenting yourself in the mirror. Like that's yeah. you've done way harder shit in your life. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's talk a little bit about let's fucking date. Okay. So, so first of all, what? what inspired it what made you start it like obviously quarantine had part part of uh something to do with that but you said you weren't dating a ton before it how um how did you decide like this was the medium so well a couple things one i was when quarantine started everyone was going live it was like the hot thing and um i was going live every day i had like a little show quarantines with sfk i just quit my job like i literally was like what am i gonna do and I had a show because I was alone in my apartment and I wanted to connect to my audience. It was great because I think that like, it was like having a best friend. We would drink, we would talk, we would cook, whatever the fuck. And then I was asked to do, before COVID, I was actually asked to do a live dating show in a comedy, like actually like live, like in a comedy show, essentially. And we were blindfolded and like, I would be a dater going on a blindfolded date with another one. And there's two hosts. And they were like, so we'd planned to do it. And they're like, fuck, like COVID. No, well, like, we're going to do it on Zoom or Instagram Live. And I was like, okay, I'll do an episode. And the problem with the Instagram, well, it ended up being the best thing. But like the problem for them was like, they were the hosts. But like, you can only have two people on an Instagram Live. Mm. So they would like jump on, go off. Ju- it was just like all, it didn't, it wasn't cohesive. And also they were so fucking annoying and misogynistic. Like truly, like they like they would talk shit about me. Like I did it twice because I loved it and I was really good at it. I like it's like and then the one of the guys that they set me up with was their friend who I ended up reject rejecting. I was just like I don't really want to go on a date with him. And then that guy was like, "There's like you don't want to go out with the doctor? Like she's such a bitch, like whatever." And then on the after show, they're like, "Yeah, Jesus they want to put her in her place." And I was like, "Huh, this is amazing. I'm literally I don't need you, but I do love this format." And Whoa. They ended up like moving their show to Zoom because um, they could host it and whatever. And I just was like, no, Instagram is like, and my friends were like, it should not be on Zoom. Like the password, the link, like everything's on Instagram. And then I was like, fuck it. And I literally asked my audience, I was like, what are we calling this show? And they were like, one of them said, let's fucking and the other one said like fucking Serena Kerrigan. And I was like, that's going to be the name of my porno. <laughs> um, and, and yeah. And then like, you know, I did, I, I realized like two Friday nights, like that is just like, no one was doing anything. Like, those, those are the nights you want to like, just like re- yeah. blow off steam and have fun. Totally. But what I also loved about it was the comment section became like a party. Like everyone knew each other in the comment section talking shit. Like the comments are what makes the show. Um, that's why watching it live is just so incredible because, you know, I'm also like reading the comments on the day. I'm like juggling a lot of shit, but it really, you know, it, it worked. And so I kept doing it. I got, I don't, all the dates are blind. I think that needs to be very loud and quick. I do not know who's on the other side of the camera until I'm there, um, which is so exhilarating and potentially disastrous. (laughs) And then, you know, we, we wrapped season one because I was really burned out from all the dating and quarantine was like ending so I was like let's just like put a pause and then I was like okay season two 
And I really like went into it this season with the intention of like, so many people after season one were like, when are you going to like sell it to Netflix? And I was like, the thing is, it's like you lose the, the, the magic, which is the comments, which is the live, which is the like integration of the fans and the show. And the live aspect makes it you're like such a fly on the wall. Like you're just as much on the date as I am, right? Which is like, you don't see that on other shows like The Bachelor. It's very gimmicky produced, edited. It's not in real time. You don't know what's real or not. This is like the most real you can fucking get. Like when it's awkward, you're feeling it. And I think that's why it's so addictive. And so I felt like, keep that on. And, and I also didn't want to sell it because, you know, I want to be in full control. And I think a woman being controlled for image and like her project is like very far. It doesn't happen. You know, like I've always wanted to be on reality television, but like my parents, my mom, who's an executive was like, you'll never have control over how you're portrayed. And like, that's too big of a risk. And so I was like, okay, that's fair. So I wanted to keep it. And then, sorry, the intention with season two was just to make it feel like a real show. So like hiring full team, like social media manager, PR, editor, real producer, that's like full job is this, coming out with not just having the live show, but like what are other pieces of content that we can integrate? So we have like, now we do like an after show kind of, uh, where we like pick up, it's like we pick a moment and then show what you know the fans loved. And then we do a behind the day, just to like show the vlogging side of it, like what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and just like everything felt elevated. We got the theme song and, you know, I really want to prove like if we're all on Instagram all the fucking time, why can't we enjoy a TV show on Instagram? Yeah. No, you're like, it, your production value is amazing. I'm so impressed. Like, I think the way you've done it has carried the show even more from what I can tell because we were honestly later to the show. We found you through Lindsay Metzler and I was like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? And I don't know. I'm just, I'm very impressed. And I know you just sold your ad or your sponsorship inventory. So congrats. Um, it's just yeah, really cool. That was like, I mean, shit. When I got that first invoice from all my team, I was like, oh my God, yeah. like we, I hope to God we're getting paid for this. But like, that was a big <laughs> thing. Like I went to my managers and I was like, if we're going to do the show the way that I think that we should do the show, we have to sell this fucking show. And they were both like, we've never sold a show. Like what, it, who sells a show like this? And I'm like, we're obviously going to be able to fucking do it because it, this is a thing. And this is, goes back to the confidence thing. It's like, if you believe in what you're doing, everyone will believe in you. Like, so we were like, this is a real fucking TV show and you're going to want to be a part of it. And they, they, they agree. Yeah. And it's just, I, I mean, love watching, it's such an interesting premise anyways, but the fact that, you know, you have that intro, it just looks so professional. I don't know. I just really commend yeah, you. I think right? it's, it's strategic. No, yeah. It's great. And it's all, and like the promos yep, are like, you so know, good. Like, it's just like people want to be entertained. And I think the, another thing about the show too is like, because like it started like in COVID, I was alone. Like people feel, my audience is very attached to the show. They feel very, I mean, it's, it's as much theirs as it is mine. And so when I, for example, like when we got the, the the sponsorships, like I was a little nervous because I'm like, no one fucking wants a sponsor. Like no one likes an ad. But granted, all the sponsors that, you know, were chosen and like, I'll give some tea, but like Bumble is the next one and they're, they, they were doing a full month takeover. And Bev was like, you know, a wine. We Our last episode was with Bev and they're like made by chicks. And then Bumble's women make the first move. I mean, the brands that we're partnering with are very on brand and it's like, duh, we're going to partner with Bumble. Um, and I also was like, but when I like shared my story on my Instagram, I was like crying because I was so proud and they don't think it's annoying because they see like when I win, it shows that they can win too. Yeah. When I believe in myself, it shows them like, wow, like if I believe in myself, what can I do? Yeah. So that's the thing. And I think that a lot of influencers like miss the mark there. Like 
their wins come a little off as like self-absorbed whereas like I don't know I try to be like I don't know I just like naturally try to show like hey like I'm so fucking excited I'm so proud of my team and myself in a way that's like very like attainable for them as well yeah no it's great well you're also providing like you're providing content that people want to watch and and people are attached to you so people want to see you get paid you know I, I feel like we've we've found that obviously like on a smaller scale here where we're like oh people are gonna start fucking adding us for every everything every company we partner with and we are careful but it's like no people want people they like to get paid like it's you're yeah. you're doing st- I don't know I think it's also it's I mean dope. to be honest with you like I'm not really seeing any of the money with taxes and fucking like manager fees and then I have to pay everyone but that was the thing it's like I wanted to hire the best of the best and I wanted them to love what they do. And we are such a fucking amazing team. And like, everyone is so committed. And like, you really saw that with like the behind the date vlogs, like just like seeing them like record themselves. Like, it's just like, that's not their job, but like, they love it. They like, they're literally so, it's just like, I think I learned a lot from my time at refinery about like what not to do. And like how like if you're going to spew female empowerment, then you better fucking practice what you preach. And that I did not see there. And so, and I'm so glad I did that experience for a lot of reasons. Actually, two of the people on my team were from my refi- were from refinery. So like I met the best people, but it was really important. Like if you want to talk about confidence and empowering women, then you better have women of color on your team. You better fucking pay these people what they're worth. And you better be a positive and collaborative and not bitchy space. So I'm really trying to do everything that, you know, that they did Good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Very pro that. Um, so Serena, I have to ask you, cause we, we did a, a very much, a very different kind of experiment on this podcast. Well, we do it still with daters. It's not as cool. It's not as live, but dating on the internet is that. really, it is cool. oh, thank you. We don't speak about it better. I mean, it's, it is the habit I will never break, but maybe after today's conversation, I will, but dating on the internet, you know, even in the ways I you know, tiptoed, dipped my toe into that pool was tricky at times. How has it been for you? I know, you know, it's central to the content you're putting out, but going on dates live, having a comment section, how has it been for you? I mean, you know, like, it's just hard because I'm monitoring so many things at the same time. So like when I see something funny or there's a moment, actually like there's these like little hearts that shoot up, I guess people can tap and like something. So it's like this like real time, it's like a laugh track. Like I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So, cause I don't have, I can't gauge like what, you know, so that that's kind of like, so I'm like, okay, so I can see those. And then comments, I'm monitoring them, reading them as much as I can. Also paying attention to the date, also paying attention to notes from my producer. And then like when my mom randomly is like, my mom letter that was like, you need to rap. You just like showed your vagina. Like, please rap, 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 <laughs> Rina, rap. And I was like, what do you mean? It's just a vagina. Anyway, so, uh, but it is just a vagina. But anyway, um, like, you know, so I'm monitoring that. And I'm also like trying to give a performance and a live show that people are entertained by, but also like make the guy feel good. And if there's anything I learned through this show is that men are so fucking fragile, way more fragile than women. They are such little pussy. Sorry, not can use that word. They're just it's they're yep they need a lot of hand holding and so it's just a lot for me to juggle and I'm not like you know I'm I'm really proud especially with the season one that I like I never said anything that I regretted I never like felt like I behaved inappropriately like I'm very careful but um but I think that some feedback I got last night was like you were you're just like a little you come on a little 
too strong. And I'm like, but that's just who I am. But like, I don't know. I think that I am maybe like a little interrogative, if that's a word, but like, I'm also like, but I'm trying to give a fucking epic show. Like I'm not on a fucking date. Like, like, but I am on a date. And like, I know that at the end of the season, they're really going to want to see me like end up with someone. And I'm just like, uh, we'll see. I'm not fucking casting this show. So we'll see, but it's really tough. You know, season one, like I ended up going on a date with a guy that like I actually ended up with and we were texting a lot. And then like, it got very like, fucking crazy like, on the show it was like the drama was insane like he felt I think both of us didn't know if it was real or not so we were both kind of like and like he had a reality show background so I was like are you acting like are you just trying to be famous like what's going on and I think he felt the same way about me he's like are you just using me for your show and like that was like our demise but it was like unbelievable to watch it unfold so, like he would like come on a date and like talk shit about my last date like it was crazy like it was just like that's it was amazing but like the season is like a little trickier because people know about the show. Like we had a guy come on last night and he was like, my mom texted me, oh my God, your woman looks fucking gay. So it's like a little more difficult to get like the real guy that's actually already dating me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that uh, all of it. It's just because it's such a unique way of dating. It's just so crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, I just, my only fear is like, I gotta like, it's hard because it's like, there's like, there's like, you can see the guys as characters, but it's also like, I gotta have chemistry with them, like enough to like, at least go on a second date. And so like, it's, it's tough. Cause I like, you know, after last night episode, yes, it was an amazing episode. It was so funny. It was great. I'm very happy with it, but I was like, fuck, like another episode down. And like, I didn't feel it with any of them. It's and so like that, that concerns me, but hard, what are you going to do? But I, I also think that's, I don't know. I think that's a, uh, the same as real life dating. Kimmy went on a ton of oh. dates. We've had a million daters go on a ton of dates. And 100%. like, I always feel like it's a bell curve. Like a couple are horrible, a couple are great. And then a shitload of them are just like meh. And like that's, that's you know, if you hit it off with everyone, life would be exhausting. 100%. And I think that that's the problem with the way that dating is like talked about. It's like, oh God, it's so hard in New York. It's so hard. Apps suck. Like shut the fuck up. Like enjoy it. Like you're making a connection with someone. FaceTime if you want to save some time. Best way to do it. And if you approach anything in life with a positive energy, that's what you will receive. And so like at the end of the day, it's like like by the way, like two of the guys from last season that I did not end up like dating, like literally are on my after show. I came on my after show last night. Like, hmm. who I've dated, like, I date, like, but like, and we're friends. Like, both of those guys, like, I text on the regular. Like, I love them. So it's like, it just goes to show you that, yeah, that might not be your person, but it doesn't mean that it's just like, you know, missed connection. It's just like, it's maybe you guys become friends, maybe not. So that's like another thing about the show. The mission is to show like dating could be fun and like just enjoy it. And because you get to know a lot about yourself and what you want to. Yep, we love that. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of frogs. Yeah, a lot of frogs. No, a lot of frogs. But I just I love that you said that. Like that's what we try to preach here, and you're doing it in, in an amazing way. Just like dating can be fun. You don't have to be defined by a relationship. You don't have to be, you know. And I think you capture this so well. Like you can be a confident. You can be proud of being who you are, single or not. No stigma around being single. Single, but you can also want to have fun and date. Like they, those things can coexist if you're in the right. Yeah, headspace. and I also think that if you love enough, love yourself enough, like I do to know that I'm going to find my person and I'm going to get married and do the whole thing. Then the pressure's off. And then you, you really just become yourself and you like, you stand by yourself. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking change. If I'm coming up too strong, then let's find someone who can handle it. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And oh God. Okay. So you had a moment on a date that I like was so obsessed with and I may have texted you. I didn't text you about this last night, Kimmy, but I was thinking about it, but I was uh, a little high, but I was like, you had a moment where you were talking to someone who just wasn't asking you a ton of questions. I won't like at him or whatever, but you like, you were asking him a lot of questions, getting really into him and he wasn't asking you anything. So after a while you were like, okay, now you ask me a question. And you did it like two or three times. And I was like, that's, I feel like that is the perfect way to be on a date. And it's an example of like your intensity being a great way to be a woman out there dating. Because like lots of fucking people, a lot of the worst first dates we've heard are like, he just talked the whole time and didn't ask me a single question. And I didn't, he didn't learn anything about me. And like, like that's I think, when you speak the fuck up. Yeah, like I think more people, whatever. What are you, you so, get, and again, what are you afraid of? He's gonna be like, oh, absolutely. and then she asked me to ask her a question. <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah. I did. Yes. Oh my god. And then one of the questions he asked you was really like about him. I can't remember how it was worded, but it was. I was like, fuck that. I was like so annoyed. But that's that's the thing is like if that's coming on too strong, then like I think we all need to fucking on come on stronger yep. and come I think on too strong. Again, like this patriarchy like you know the thing is like the same way that when I changed my melanie to fucking everyone in my life like manager agent um parents sorority girls like best guy friends are all like it's too much like it's like people aren't gonna hire you people aren't gonna work with you people aren't gonna want you and I was like if a man did it no one would say fucking anything to him so they wouldn't and if it scares a guy and he doesn't want to love me because they changed my melanie to fucking then like don't want to go with them. Sorry. Like, don't. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's like, I just, you know, but you know, it's funny too. Like, you know, I went on a date before the show with an actor and like, we sat down and I was just like, Oh, like how much did you look at my Instagram before? And he was just like, yeah. I mean, like, I obviously knew it's a persona. And I was like, that's so important, you know, like, because like SFK is a bit of a, it is a persona. And I think that I'm a lot like more chill in real life. Um, but like, I'm not going to like dim my persona. So a guy will go on a date with me. He's just going to have to like get to know me and see. Yep. I love that. Well, we are reaching the end of our time, but this has been so fun, Serena. So tell everyone where they can find you if they want coaching, but if they haven't checked out your show yet. Yeah. Serena Kerrigan on literally every fucking platform, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I have a great Facebook group that we all are like hyping each other up and there's, it's great. It's called SF crew and everyone talks shit about the show there. It's really funny. Uh, you should all watch Let's Fucking Date. Just binge the whole thing. And then yeah, we're live every Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Civic and let's fucking go. Yeah. I'm excited. Excited to see what happens this season amazing we're gonna like everything below um but thank you so much for joining us serena this was such a lovely treat i feel already better about myself and i know everyone's gonna love listening yeah thank you so much much for having me guys and i'll see you in the comment section absolutely oh yeah Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.